want to talk about the sin of selfishness today. This is a, an issue that really, really concerns me, you guys. It really concerns me, the, the, this sin of selfishness. And there's two primary reasons, and we'll talk about the first one. The first one is because in our culture today, we, we look at selfishness, I, I think, as just kind of the way we are. Help me out. It is what it is. We, we say things like that. We say things like, well, it's just the way I am. It's just, it is what it is. And one of the things I've been learning about the sin of selfishness is that it does not discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're poor, if you're rich, if you're a female, if you're a male. It, this issue, sin of selfishness, is a human issue. It's a human issue. It, and, and an example of this is when we are born. One of the very first words we say when we, when we start to learn how to talk is what? What? Yeah, for me it was mio, right? Mio, 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 right? It was mine. This is mine. It was one of the first words we learn. And so it's our sinful nature, our sinful, selfish nature that we have, and it does not discriminate. But let me tell you why this really concerns me. Number one is because our, our, our ability to feed our selfish desire, I believe, is at an all-time high in our world today. More than ever before, we are able to feed our selfish desire like never before. We have so many commodities, more financial reasons and technological reasons and informational ways to feed our selfish desires. And so our selfish desires have been so easy to ascertain when we can take, uh, for example, any type of mobile device, right? We take any type of mobile device, iPad, whatever, you know, Samsung, what, what do you call it? It's not an iPad? Uh, I, we don't know. All right, it's all good. If you don't have an iPad, you just don't have whatever you have. It doesn't even compare. All right, Android. All right, so, 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 so we have all these excess. We go on our mobile devices, and, and it's so easy to look at anything and, and go after, buy anything we want and just order it, right, online, and, and it's because we want it. And so regardless, fulfilling our selfish desires has been more possible than ever before. That's why this really concerns me. Another reason why it, it concerns me is because our ability not only to, to get it is easier, but also our tolerance for selfishness is at an all-time high with those around us, right? I mean, before, if you wanted to watch a certain show, you had to make sure that you were home at a certain time on a certain day of the week. If not, you would miss it. Now, we can just record it, and you can watch it. When even a live, you know, sport game, you can just record it, and then it's even better because you can fast forward through the commercials, right? You miss all the commercials. It's all good, and you're like, yeah, this is great. But not just that, not just, not just, the ability to, to see it whenever you want to, but also the ability that, to see almost whatever you want. Now, our tolerance for our, to, to feed our selfish desires has, has increased amazingly, right? It's increased amazingly. Now, the things that you, we would see on TV, we would never see you know, a few years ago or 20 years ago or 30. I mean, what we see now has gone down. I mean, what I believe, our, our standards have gone way, way, way. Now, now I, I personally wouldn't want to see it. Maybe some of you here wouldn't want to see it, but the rest of our culture does want to see it. Now they don't just imply the kiss, 
right? Now they show, now they don't just imply the sexual encounter or the murder and the bloods and the guts and the gore. Now they don't just imply it anymore, right? Just look at The Walking Dead. I've never seen it, but I've seen the, the I've heard about it. I've heard it. Uh, just look at it. You see all the gore and all the stuff, right? You see all the, and, and so just what we are allowed to see, and it's because our culture wants it. Right? Because if our culture didn't want it, they wouldn't show it. So our culture is feeding, oh, I want to see it. It's the selfish desire of, of wanting to see these things. And, and, and it's, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And so, so no one knows. You know, we, we come up with excuses of why we want to see what we want to see, when we want to see it, and, and, and what we want to see. We come up with excuses to, to feed our selfish desires. Can somebody say yes? You know, some people would say, well, if you don't want to see it, then just turn your, 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 your TV off. Or if you don't want your kids to see it, then send them to bed a little earlier or turn the volume down when you're watching it if, if that's what you want. But that's not the point, right? The point is that we are, are, are selfishly fulfilling our own desires. We say things like, I like to see that kind of, this is just what I do to de-stress. This is what I do to relax. And no one knows everything I go through, so I just need my own, you know, a way to, to release some of my own pent-up frustration. And so, in fact, I, I have a friend who actually stopped talking to me because of my stance on this idea, the biblical, in my opinion, humbly opinion, biblical stance on selfishness. I'm, I'm like, you are doing this because, and he's, he's, he's telling me, I, and he has some good reasons why he wants to be the way he is. He's like, Abdi, I love God. Don't get me wrong. I love God. But on this one area, don't touch that one area. This is mine area. Don't, don't go there. This is who I am, all right? And, and, and I've talked to him some more, and I, I still call him a friend, even though he doesn't want to talk to me. And we've had these conversations, but this is my one area, and, and really good reasons why they keep this one, why he keeps this one area, you know? And it reminds me of the, the story that I shared with the children here. And uh, it's in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And, and it's the story where Jesus is talking to the rich young man. And the rich young man wanted to follow God, but there was, there was one thing that he couldn't let go of. Just this one thing. And so I, I thought of my friend, and I see the story, and I see how selfishness can stop us from what God has called us to do. Can somebody say yes? And so Jesus says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. It says, and he loved him, and he finally said, this one thing you lack. See, you, you've done everything right, except this one little area right here. Just this one little, this one thing. And if you would just do this one thing, I could show you what's in bag number two, right? It's this life of fulfillment and life to the fullest that you've never experienced before. But if you would just do this one thing in the, the, the young, the rich man, the rich man walked away sad because he had a lot of, the, he didn't want to let go of the one thing. And there's so many of us, you guys, I would say, we, we, we would profess being a follower of Christ, but when it comes to our, 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 our selfish desires, we're like, God, just please don't go there. Everything else, God, I give to you, but just please don't go there. Right? Just don't touch that. And granted, my friend that I was telling you about, um, he had some really good reasons for fulfilling and satisfying his own selfish desires. And there's good reasons why we try to fulfill our selfish desires. We say things like, well, I just got to get more money so I can be financially set, right? That's what we say. Or I got to get bigger, better, newer so I can have, right? 
Or we say things to justify our selfish behaviors, like, well, my marriage is on the rocks. And yes, on paper, I'm married, but functionally, the way it works out, I'm not really married, so because of that, I can fulfill my selfish desires anyway. Well, my husband doesn't even treat me like I'm married to him, right? We, we say things like that, and it's incredibly common today for us to just go through life trying to fulfill our own selfish desires, and so we say, well, I just got to get mine. I just, I, I mean, I'm not hurting anybody, right? I'm not really hurting anybody. It's just the way I am. It's not anybody's business, right? So why make it such a big deal today, Pastor Abdi? Leave it alone. Let me just say uh, for the record that if you're not a follower of Jesus today, you're off the hook, okay? If you're not a follower of Jesus, then what I'm going to teach on today does not really apply to you because I can't expect you to live to the standards that, that are taught according to Jesus. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus today, and for some reason, I'm really glad today I'm not, and you might be. Um, when you hear this, you may not want to be a follower, but there may be something that draws you as you hear this, and you may recognize something is wrong with the way that most people selfishly live their lives. And so if you are a follower of Jesus today, then we have to take the words of God seriously. Can somebody say yes? So I think, I, I, I think selfishness is an issue that we pass over too leniently. I came up here last week and the week before, and I told you guys a little bit about the way that God feels about the sin of deceit. Do you guys remember? Anybody remember, man? Just, oh, that would, that would make me feel so good if anybody could tell me the way that God feels about the, the sin of deceit. Anybody remember the way he feels about it? You're disgusted, very good, very good. I, I actually use the word hates. He hates the sin of deceit. And then I came up and I talked about the sin of slander. And I, I, I shared, I don't know if you guys remember, we were reading the Proverbs. There's six things that God detests, but there's seven that he hates. And guess what made the list? Slander. He hates slander. So, well, how do you think God feels about selfishness? Let's see. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18, it says this. It is selfish and stupid to think only of yourself. It is selfish and stupid to think only of yourself. What he's saying is it is not wise to be selfish. And the reason why is because God tells us that selfishness calls all, causes all kinds of problems, all kinds of relational problems, all kinds of relational problems with God and with others when we're selfish. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, it says the person who plants selfishness Ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a, a crop of real life, eternal life. So this is the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. And what we sow, you guys, we're going to reap. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says this, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regarding one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. So what are we supposed to do with selfish? What, 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 are we, what should we do for our own selfish desires? What should we do? Anybody? There it is, nothing. The second word in the first line up there, do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit. 
It's, it, it's that we can't do anything because we want to be selfish. That means we can't do anything. But what if I really want it, Pastor Abdi? What? No one is going to get it for me, right? I'm, I'm single. Nobody's going to go out there and think about me and buy this for me. Or I'm married, and nobody's going to get this. They're busy. What, what if I, I, I really want it? Well, one of our selfish desires is lust. And it's a huge issue in our world today. And even though men may be more easily tempted, women are also easily hooked. In fact, according to an article in today's Christian Women magazine, the author, based on, based on their study, they found that one out of six women, and this includes women who claim to be followers of Jesus, about one in six women now struggle with an addiction to pornography. Much, much higher that was in the past. And according to conservative, conservative studies, 50%, and some would say way, 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 way more, men struggle with pornography and a host of other selfish desires. And so if you have children, I don't know if you know this, but this is why it's really important. Because do you know who are the highest users of pornography in our world today? Actually, between the ages of 12 and 17 years old. Okay, so if you have children in your home, you want to pay very close attention to what they're watching and what they're seeing on their devices, all right? And while we're on this topic of selfishness and looking at lust as an example, let me tell you what Jesus said about lust. It's very clear and it's also very convicting. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 28, Jesus says, do we have that? No, right? I forgot to put it. It's my bad. This morning I woke up thinking, I forgot to put this verse in. Listen, verse 27 and 28. You've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. Most of us would say, yeah, that's probably a good thing. None of us should probably commit adultery. Cheat on your spouse, right? Jesus raises the standard and he says, but I tell you, anyone who does what? You don't know what they do, right? Anyone who looks lustfully at a woman has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So according to Jesus, looking lustfully, going, what? oh my gosh, look at that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> looking lustfully at another person is already committing adultery in your heart. So if you are a follower of Jesus, lust, a selfish desire like lust can everybody say, is not? Is not. Say it one more time. Is not? Is not okay. And this bigger issue of selfishness is not. Can everybody say, is not? Is not okay. Lust comes from selfishness. So would you agree that surrendering to the natural, sinful, selfish desires that we all have and get tempted with, some of us less holy people get tempted with on a daily basis, right, is wrong. Would you agree with that? Say yes. All right, and so not only is it wrong, according to the book of James, it's very, very dangerous. James, the brother of Jesus, he says this in chapter 1. This is in the Bible in verse 14 and 15. He says, temptation comes from our own desires, which they do what? Read, read it aloud with me. Which entice us. And what else? And drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and sin when it is allowed to grow in other words when it's not confessed and when we don't turn from it when we just continue on in our sin it is allowed to grow what does it give birth to jesus said it gives birth to or james said it gives birth to death it gives birth to death death of what death of purity death of intimacy death of trust in a relationship and ultimately spiritual death 
Now, if you zoom out from this, yes, we're talking about lust as an example, but we're talking about selfishness, okay? We're talking about if you're, you're putting, every time we act selfish, we are putting a greater distance between us and God. Can somebody say yes? So when temptation grows into actions and it continues unchecked, it's incredibly destructive. And if we do not believe it, we just continue to feed the, the, this, this, this desire, this fire of selfishness. And watch where, where, it'll, it'll, where we will wake up sometime. We just continue on this path of selfishness, continue going selfish, and you'll see that w- where we'll end up. In fact, the word there in James, if you can go back, that word entice there. The Greek word is deliazo. And the idea is is. is it's a fishing term. Now, I'm not very good at fishing. I don't do it as often. I like fish. I don't know if that counts, but, 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 but it's a fishing term, and so I thought I would, I would draw something up here since we have a handy-dandy paper and marker. So, so it's a fishing term, and the word entice there, deliazo, it, it has more of the idea of trap, to trap you, and so what happens is, I'm going to draw a little fish here. I don't know if everybody can see it, but I learned how to draw a fish back like this, and here's his eyes, okay? There he is, little fish. Put a little smiley face. There we go. Can everybody see the fish? My artwork right here. All right, and so what happens is you have the fish, and he's hungry. It's this desire that he has. Not a bad desire. You're hungry. Nothing wrong with being hungry, right? And so you have this hungry, and, and, and so you want to fulfill this desire. And so what do you have here? Let's see if I can do this. Uh, let's draw a little stick right here. This is a stick, okay, pretend. And this is a line. And right here, and then is a, is a hook, okay? Is that what that is? That's what that is. That's a hook. And then this right here is a worm. And so what happens is, can you see it, right? So what happens is the fish sees the worm, and he says, that's what's going to fulfill my desire, my hunger. And so the fish goes for the worm. But what he doesn't see is this hook. And that hook right there is, represents selfishness. Okay? Selfishness. So the desire to be hungry is not bad. The desire to get it fulfilled is not bad. But it's when we decide to be selfish about the way it gets fulfilled is where we get caught. And so this idea, it entraps us. In, in, in the Peruvian culture, I've been to Peru a few times, in the, in, in, the, in the Peruvian culture, they call it tocar el metal, touch the metal. And if you've ever seen uh, like a trap, a, a rat trap, I, I'm not going to even try. I was going to try it, but I'm not going to even try uh, You ever seen a red truck? So, so the cheese is on a piece of metal. And so the Peruvian touched the metal. What that means is you touch that metal, and, and you know what that metal piece in English is called? The catch. It's called the catch. And so as soon as you touch that piece of metal, guess what you got? You got caught. You got caught. And so that's what James is saying. He's saying, don't get caught in this. Don't let this temptation, don't go down there. And so what happens when we get trapped, uh, we're, we're confused. We get confused, just like the fish. When they get caught in the hook, they get pulled up, and they're like, where am I? They get discombobulated. Where am I? I'm dis- I don't know. And that's what happens when we get caught up in the trap. 
Where, where are we? How did this happen? I was just looking on my phone and all of a sudden, whoa, 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 how did I get that? Uh, what just happened? Did that just happen? We get confused. We're like, wait a minute. I, I don't understand. How did this happen? Romans 7, Paul, we start saying things like this. We start saying, you know, I, 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 the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, and I'm not trying to do it. But what a wretched man that I am. I'm so confused. I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to be selfish, but I find myself acting selfishly. I remember seeing a few years ago uh, a young boy. He looked like he was around 12 years old. He was walking in the mall, and he's walking in the mall, and all of a sudden he walks past the store, and he stops, and his mouth, it drops really big. And his mom is trying to drag him, and he's like trying to get dragged. And so what is he doing? He's stopped in front of the Victoria's Secret store. And so I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, I don't know what her secret is, but please somebody tell me, what is going on in the secret, you know? Because he's looking at all this stuff, and it's a desire of intimacy that he wants to have, but it's, it's a trap to try to, and it wasn't for him to trap him, but he, or maybe it was, and then he gets trapped into this. And so what happens, it leads down a path that we never wanted to go down. Or maybe we're online and we're just, you know, playing a game. Sometimes those games have those ads, you know, or just anything. You're online and this ad comes up and you click on the ad and before you know it, you go down this rabbit hole that you never, how did I get there? I never intended for that to, 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 to go there. And so what do we do? What do we do? Do we just justify it and say, well, this is just the way I am. This is the world we live in today. This is just how it is. I guess, uh, you know, I'm just part of life. I'm, I'm dealing with it the best only way I know how. Do we just surrender to this selfishness? Do we? Everybody say no. No, no, we don't. There's a better way. Do we believe that because Jesus says it's wrong, it's dangerous, it's destructive, that Jesus says, you know, that if, if we know him, that we can be free from every kind of selfishness, that if we believe that there's something better, we can be free from what God has, for, from, from what the enemy has tried to entrap us with. And so with all of my heart today, I want to tell you, I have a lot of faith today to believe that there is a better way for you and there is a way out for you. And, and I want to just keep it really simple today. I'm going to give you two words, two words that I believe will help us heal from our selfishness. You guys ready? The first word is refuel. The first word is refuel, refuel. What are we going to refuel? We're going to refuel our love tanks, okay? Why? You see, we say things like, I love God, right? I love God. I do. I love God. But when it comes to this one area in my life, I don't trust you, God. Whenever we act in selfishness, that's what we're doing. We're saying, we're saying we don't trust God in this area. So we say, I love you, God, but I don't trust you. And the scriptures teach us that that, that can't be there's a confusion there. It's because you got confused, because you got caught, because you got trapped, and so you're confused. And let me bring some clarity. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians, it says that love always trusts. Love always trusts. So if we always are to trust and we say we don't trust, then how much love do we really have for God? How much love do we have? So is, is it do we need more love? Do we need to understand? I, I think every time we act in selfishness, it's a love problem that we have. Our tank, our love tank is 
low. I, I, I saw something pretty incredible recently, and it was a jet, a, a airplane, a jet flying in the air and refueling. This tanker came in and did it in midair. What would happen if this pilot thought, no, I can make it without the, the fuel. I don't need this fuel. I can just, he's going to crash and burn. And so we need to refuel our tank, our love tank for God. We need to re refuel that. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with being selfish. Maybe being selfish with your finances. Maybe being selfish with, your, with lust. You're, you're acting out in lust. And what the problem is, you have a love problem. Your love tank is low and you need to refuel that tank up. How do we do that? Let me tell you how I refuel my tank. I, I get into the word of God. I read it. I write. I, I literally write what I read from the Bible on a piece of paper. I have a little composition book that I bought for 99 cents. And I copy what it says on the, in the Bible. I actually write it again that this is God's promise for me. This is how he loves me. So I'm copying that. And there's something that happens, you guys. I know we live in a day and age today where we could just copy and paste. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually taking time. It takes a lot more time to write, right? And so you take it time, and you look at these words, and you, you think about these words as you're rewriting the words of God, the promises of God, his love for us. It's what I do. I send text messages to myself. The verses that I read that day, I'm going to send a text message to myself, and I keep it as a little red number on my text message so I can look at it again. And then unread, I look at it again throughout the day. I want to I refill, refuel my love tank. So I do, I send a text message. So you go to my house, on the mirrors in our bathrooms, on, on the cupboards in the kitchen, you go on the walls in our house, you'll see verses from the promises of God around us. Why? Because we want to keep our love tank full. And so we're refueling ourselves with God's promises of his love for us. You know what else I do? I find a real beautiful place to go to. Something like with water, for me, that does it. And it could be the beach, it could be a, a, a body of water, a lake with a fountain, and, and it's beautiful, and it reminds me, this is for me. God loves me this much, and I take time to think about how much he loves me as I'm in a, in a beautiful place. This is how I refuel my tank of love. I, I, I do these things, I send text messages, I write, I meditate, I memorize I memorize God's word. I, 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 I check in during the day. Sometimes I'm working and I'm like, what was that verse that, that God told me he loved me again? Let me hear that one more time. Because I know I love saying it to my kids. And I love when my kids say it to me. And I can't hear it enough. I don't know about you. But I can't hear it enough. I love you. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. I love you. Say it one more I love to hear you say that, God. And so God wants to say that to us. And so going through those verses in the Bible, how do you refuel your love tank? Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. How do we refuel our love tank? We think about how much he loves us. Tell you, that this, this changes us. This impacts us when we think about his love for us. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm so down on myself. I'm so down on myself because I still struggle with selfishness. I've been a follower of Jesus for so long, and I'm, I'm still struggling. God couldn't use me because of this, or I could never have a good marriage because of this. I, I just want to say to you that the fact that you're still struggling is actually a good sign. 
It's, 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 it's not a bad sign. The fact that you're still struggling is an indication that you have not been defeated yet. And that you're, so there's still fight inside of you. There's still a fight inside. The problem is when we surrender to our selfishness. And we say, well, I just give up. If we're still struggling, what's happening, I'm just a sinful person. I'm just going to do this, bent towards sin. And, and, but if we do not surrender to this, we do not surrender to the temptation of sin with the power of God, you guys. We're still fighting. We're going to see a breakthrough. And as we learn to depend on his power, he can help us and set us free from the sin of selfishness. Somebody say yes. So in case we're ever on the receiving end of someone coming to us and confessing to us, I'm just being selfish. I got a lust issue. Let's not call him a loser. Let's say, you know what? I hear you. Let me pray for you. Let's realize that we're talking to someone who hasn't given up fighting who's hoping to be healed, and maybe, on the other hand, we're going to open up to someone and say, well, I, I'm really struggling with this. Let's not beat ourselves up about it either. You know, I'm, I'm a loser. I'm no good. I'm selfish. I'm a jerk that God can't ever love. No, no, no. We're going to refuel our love tanks so God, so that we can experience freedom from selfishness. So that's number one, is refuel our tank. Refuel ourselves with our love tank, with God's love. Number two, how do we combat selfishness? By being selfless. Duh, really simple, right? A lot harder to do. Selflessness. How do you combat selfishness? With selflessness. Selflessness. I love the story in the book of Ruth about this young woman named Ruth who, who was married and her husband passed away and her mother-in-law, she had no legal, cultural, binding thing to her mother-in-law. Once her, her husband passed away, she could have walked away from that situation, but she decided not to. Even though probably in her thoughts she was thinking, it's probably best if I let go of this baggage so I can like be marketable again, right? I can get back in the field. I'm a young lady. I want to get married again. It's probably best if I, you know, not have this weight on me of having to take care of someone else probably best but she decides not to and because she decides not to look at what the bible says in ruth chapter 2 verse 11 and this is boaz her future husband he replied to her all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and you came to a people that you did not previously know. I love this story. I love this story because we have a young lady that had every right to let go of her mother-in-law, but decided not to. Decided not to. She ended up being, because of that decision, she ended up being the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. She's in the book now because of her selfless decision. God rewards selflessness. And he rewards selflessness with eternal life. He's wired the universe so that the more unselfish you are, the more he blesses you. Why? Because he wants you to become like him. And God is unselfish. Everything you have in life is a gift from God because he was unselfish with you. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 35. It says, you are most fulfilled in this life when you give yourself away. Jesus said, only those who throw away their lives for my sake 
and for the sake of the good news, will ever know what it means to really live. Why do we give, why do we give in to selfishness? A lot of people would say, well, it's just the way I am. Well, I was just bored. It's what I do to take care of my needs. It's, it's the kind of, it, this kind of fills my void. It's, it's a distraction. What happened is we're settling for a counterfeit. Can everybody say counterfeit? And we're settling for a quick hit, a quick fix, and the thrill of the moment when God is something way, way better for us. We are separated from the life that God intended every time we act in selfishness. And what life did he intend for us? He, he intended a life of intimacy for us. He intended a life of purity for us. He intended life that to, to, to not be always looking over our shoulder that we're going to get caught. He, d- he intended us to be in, in, a, in a relationship full of trust, absolute security and intimacy. He wants something far better, but our spiritual enemy would want nothing more than to get us trapped, hooked with the bait and wants us to swim towards something that, that's going to take us from the life that God has for us. Can somebody say yes? Now, I'll be real honest. The times when I'm most vulnerable to being selfish, the times that, that when that I, I, I act in selfishness, it's because my love tank is low. It's because I'm not thinking about other people. I've stopped being selfless. When I'm loving God with everything inside of me and I'm going for everything he has for me and the calling that he has for me and I'm just going with reckless abandon and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and making myself available to him all day, I don't have time to be selfish. I don't have time to be distracted by these lower things of the world. You see, I've got a higher calling, and you stay focused on this higher calling that you have, and that higher calling fills you up on the inside. Can somebody say yes? And the temptation of this world is to be selfish, and it doesn't look so good when I'm serving the only one who is good, right? It doesn't look so good. The temptation of this world is to be selfish, and it doesn't look so good when I'm serving the only one who is good. And no matter where we might be today, we can be free from selfishness. We, we may be struggling, but the fact that we're struggling, it proves that we're not defeated. And by the power of Christ, we can combat all of our selfish desires. When we refuel our love tank and act selfless for His glory, we're making a difference because life isn't all about us. Can you look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you? I didn't hear anybody say it. It's not about you. It's about Him. And when we're glorifying him, the lower temptations of this world do not pull on us as they did before. When we're glorifying him, we can be free with the power of God from our selfishness. 